This is Talk is Sheep, a podcast by the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Come along as we take conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. Mr. Hamilton from a snowy Prince George. Hey, it snowed yesterday and looking out there, there's shit. There's still snow on the ground. <laughs> it's not unexpected yeah. this time of year though. It is. Uh, yeah. We're approaching the rut. Yeah. It's going to be going to be white out, especially in the North country. So um, very cool uh, episode that we just uh, recorded with uh, Rebecca Peters, Renee Thornton, women hunt talking about their week mm-hmm. in uh Texas at the FTW ranch. Pretty cool experience. Yeah, it definitely sounded like a good time there. Uh, saw some, some preliminary pictures as they, they trickle into social media and yeah, it, uh, it, it looked like a good time and sounded like an even better time from that discussion we just had. Yeah, you can in, you definitely hear the enthusiasm in, uh, Rebecca's voice and, uh, for the wild sheep society BC members that are not maybe familiar with, uh, the, this is a program, Women Hunt, that is spearheaded by Renee Thornton from the Wild Sheep Foundation. Uh, this is her initiative. And basically, the Wild Sheep Foundation reached out to all their chapter and affiliates and said, we've got 12 spots. We're sending these women to Texas. Uh, they asked the local chapter and affiliates at their level to promote it. And also, if someone was selected from their area, if they would sign on as uh, to basically a co-sponsor from them and help with the mentorship piece as well, find them a mentor and and that sort of stuff. So uh, Rebecca was one of the applicants. She was successful and uh, had a great week in Texas. So this is a great opportunity to catch up on that program and hear the great work that uh, the foundation's doing for promoting uh, hunting in the uh, for females and and that community. It's really exciting. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see where this goes. A bunch of new hunters that are essentially given a, a week-long crash course on everything from firearms to the North American model of wildlife management, right? And it, they get into it in this conversation. And yeah, just like I said, it's excited to see where this is going to go. Uh, I've got some pretty dedicated women that uh, I, I think are going to make some some big waves. Absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, just uh, a little bit of housekeeping on the wild sheep end of things. Uh, our doghouse tents was drawn. Uh, congratulations to our winner on that one. Um, and great donation from doghouse tents. Um, really grateful for their work. And the big news is that our uh, raffles for our wild sheep raffles are up and running. So we got five this year going. We've got our um, desert bighorn uh, sheep hunt in Mexico with Sierra El Alamo. We've got a Audad hunt in Texas. We've got an antelope hunt in Alberta with Silver Sage Outfitters. And uh, then, of course, our Barney Sheep Camp and then the uh, Grizzly Bear Hunt in Yukon with Midnight Sun. So fantastic uh, lineup this year. 
um, you want to get your tickets. We've sold out every year for the last couple of years, so you don't want to wait on these ones. Yeah, I don't think there's any raffle that we haven't sold out in the last couple of years. Everything from rifles to hunts, and including our doghouse, everything is flying out the doors. And that money goes 100% to conservation right here in British Columbia on the ground. So this is where your dollars are going to count and you get some pretty awesome chances and some kick-ass prizes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty hard not to support, right? You know that um, you're getting the chances, like you said, but um, this is a big part of our funding model for the Wild Sheep Society BC, and uh, it's going to conservation. So, yeah, very, very cool. Um, yeah, especially with us not even, uh, as of right now, not being able to, to meet face-to-face and raise money at our convention, right? This is this is our lifeline. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, a large part and the only part of what we're doing right now to, to raise money. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Steve. Uh, okay, so off to episode no, 48. No, no, no. There's other big news in the Wild Sheep found, er, Society, isn't there? Something about the president? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't, what, I'm not sure. What are you talking about, Steve? Yeah, the president stepped down or something. <laughs> yeah, so as many of you have seen, um, we have, we've had a bit of a change with the uh, society. Basically, what's happened is... Uh, we have brought um, a full-time individual in as uh, CEO to to basically provide management leadership for the society. Um, I was serving as president up until uh, October 1st. And on October 1st, we transitioned to uh, uh, moving me into the CEO role. Uh, Corey Green is our president. He's moved into the president's role now. And uh, Corey's been with the society for a number of years. Uh, great leader. He's done a fantastic job. And uh, he's going to continue to provide great leadership. So basically, as we know, Steve, the challenge is trying to manage this from a volunteer perspective is really difficult, um, especially to provide that leadership and have someone there full time guiding the ship. So, um, you know, our board of directors, are going to give them a lot of credit for having the vision um, to, to take this step and put someone in that role and, and somebody that's going to be there guiding the ship um, day in and day out and to provide that leadership that, you know, as volunteers, we're all putting in so much time, but there's only so much time with our jobs and everything involved. You just can't do everything and do a good job of it. And we'd grown to a point where, um, you know, we needed somebody to to provide that stewardship and leadership for our organization. Yeah, you see it too many times. Uh, anybody that's ever been involved in a volunteer-run organization, people go balls to the wall for a couple of years, and then you get volunteer burnout. And that's that's the big big reason for this is uh we're, we're making that transition we we started out in 98 as a small little uh, organization of half a dozen people that gave a shit and here we are smashed through a thousand members and we're growing every single day so in order to continue doing what we're doing this is something we needed to do uh, best for the society best for our volunteers and best for wildlife and habitat right here in bc yeah, well said uh, for sure, Steve. So no, I, obviously a pleasure to lead this great group. Uh, super passionate about what we do, and I just uh, the people that are involved are so dedicated and uh, to get to work with these people day in and day out, and work with our membership to help grow our conservation footprint in the province is just it's an honor, and I'm really really excited to to see where we go. I, I have no doubt that we're we're definitely going to take this to the next level, um, you know, and uh, can't wait to do it. Yeah, we've got some big things rolling out uh, in the next couple of months that uh, I think you're all going to love. Right on. So off to episode 48, Rebecca Peters, Renee Thornton, Women Hunt. Enjoy the listen.
Across Canada and throughout the world, if you come across a campfire in the woods, on a mountaintop, or next to a river, you'll find warm company and friendly people gathered around. Regardless of your lifestyle or place you call home, we invite you to learn more about what it means to be a hunter in the modern era. If you love the outdoors, care about where your food comes from, and are concerned for the future of wildlife and the environments that they need to survive, pull up a seat. We have a story to tell. Welcome to our campfire. Ladies, good day. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on Talk is Sheep. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, really exciting. So you guys are back home after or uh, back, I guess, from your big week in Texas. Uh, So you had Women Hunt. I guess that was your inaugural event and that happened this past week, Renee. Can you talk a little bit about the timelines for us, um, how long you guys were in Texas for and, and what was involved with the, the week you spent there? Yeah, sure thing. Um, uh, you know, we spent uh, coming on close to a week there. Uh, um, the 12 women that the Women Hunt Committee selected from across Canada and the U.S. flew down or or drove up if they were from Texas um, to San Antonio on uh uh, September 30th. And we all met um, at the hotel we were staying at that night and um, uh, walked over to a great little Mexican restaurant for a group dinner where we had uh, the chance to kind of get to know each other a little bit uh, better uh, following, um, you know, an earlier Zoom call where we met um, uh, remotely. But um, yeah, so we joined up Thursday night, had a nice dinner, and then uh, early Friday morning loaded up into some uh, vans and with all our gear and uh, drove the three hours out to the FTW ranch in Hill Country uh, near Barksdale, Texas. And uh, from there, uh, the course uh, officially started that afternoon. Um, that Friday afternoon, we did, uh, Rebecca, I think it was three hours of classroom or four hours of classroom to start. And then, um, yeah. And then everybody jumped in Jeeps and had a ranch orientation with the instructors and uh, staff, which was a lot of fun. And then we went into four days of intensive training for uh, for the 12 women um, and then departed on the Wednesday, the 6th. That's sort of the timeline there, Kyle. Wow, very cool. So, um, yeah, what a, what a great week in Texas it sounds like. And I've, I've got to see some pictures and uh, I've talked a little bit about uh, things with Gray and Got to hear a little bit about it. Um, so, Rebecca, you were chosen um, to attend this. You were one of the 12 women that uh, Women Hunt selected. Um, would you mind sharing with us a little bit of the process for you? Let's. Uh, I, I want to talk about the week itself, but before we get there, maybe share with us a little bit of the selection process and, and kind of, you know, we've heard uh, Renee's side of it in the, the earlier podcast in, in terms of, uh, you know, their selection process, but I'd like to hear kind of from you as a applicant and, and your process on how you approached it and how you heard about it and how you learned about it and that sort of thing, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, originally I wasn't really sure if I would be selected because, you know, um, I'm not new to hunting, but I do consider myself like to be a new hunter. So, With the uh, selection process, there was a series of questions. I think that there was about seven, um, you know, that was ranging from uh, anywhere to how can you contribute to wildlife and conservation? What does it mean to you to be an ethical hunter? And, you know, who's inspired me along the way? And so there were really good questions. And, you know, it took me a couple of days to kind of think about and, um, understand how I wanted to answer them. 
And, you know, I wanted to be as open and as vulnerable as I could, which, of course, invokes the truth. Um, So I really enjoyed the process and it allowed me to kind of like tap in a little bit deeper to what I was feeling to be what was important to me and to figure out if I was ready for this program. And, you know, in writing my answers, um, it was really clear to me that I was like super excited and and I wanted to be a part of this this big movement and I call it a big movement because it is um it was a once in a lifetime opportunity for me and um you know especially being in my my mid-40s so um I submitted my application and you know later on that evening I I said to my husband Colin I said you know if I don't get selected um I'm just extremely grateful to have the opportunity to like just fill out the forms and, you know, answer the questions. And um, it was really nice to share that with like-minded women. Um, And I just really wanted to trust in the process. And I said, either way, whether I'm selected or not, 12 amazing women are going to Texas. And, you know, that's how I really felt. And so I kind of just left it at that. So, now with with the selection process itself, um, I guess you fill out the application form and then you you were just waiting to hear like how did was there a long wait or or did you hear fairly quickly uh, how did that evolve um, for you? Um, I feel that it wasn't an extremely long wait. Like I think it, I think I sent my application on the twenty seventh of July and then we found out I believe on the twentieth of August. Um, I could be wrong with my dates, but. You know, it was it was an early morning. Uh, it was Friday. Um, you know, my husband and I we get up early. We go to the gym. We had a busy weekend planned. Actually, um, we were volunteering at the Jurassic Classic, which is, of course, another amazing fundraiser for wildlife awareness. And uh, I saw I saw this email come in, and it was from Women Hunt. And you know, Colin was standing in the kitchen, and I said why don't you come and sit down with me and I'll, and I'll read the email out loud. And so he, uh, he sat with me and I read the first sentence and it was something like, we are pleased to advise you that you've been selected. And then like, I couldn't even finish the rest. Tears just rolled down my face. And I, I looked over at Colin and he had tears in his eyes and um, we, we just sat there for, you know, for a moment in those words. Um, and, uh, it was so amazing to know that I was going to go to Texas and that I had been selected and, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I I already felt like it was like a big accomplishment for me, just, just knowing that I was selected and accepted and it was, it was extremely exciting. Well, fantastic, uh, Rebecca and congratulations to you and, uh, and for our listeners, uh, the Wild Sheep Society BC, um, Rebecca was kind of, I guess, a representative of our organization. Uh, of course, the Women Hunt program selected different um, women from across North America, but then uh, chapter and affiliates uh, from the Wild Sheep Foundation uh, were basically kind of, I guess, Renee is co-sponsoring the correct word for it. Maybe can you just talk a little bit about that on how that worked? And and uh, it sounds like every chapter and affiliate, every woman there, were they sponsored by a chapter and affiliate as well or, or sort of um, supported by a chapter and affiliate? Yeah, I, you know, um, yeah, I suppose you could say co-sponsoring, supporting, you know, any any number of words could work. Basically what we did is we, you know, we designed the program 
primarily to support um, the women of the Wild Sheep Foundation and its chapters and affiliates. It was open to everybody, but that's where we were concentrating our promotion of the of the pro of the program and the opportunity. So we approached all the CNAs and asked you all to help us out by getting the word out, and uh, which you all did fabulously. And um, you know, we received close to 50, 50 applications. And part of the deal was. Um, you know, the chapters and affiliates had a couple of things we expected from them if we chose somebody from their area. Um, first one was uh, helping us out financially with um, uh, a bit of a bump to help offset some of the costs. Um, and then uh, offering the person a one year uh, membership to their chapter or affiliate if they weren't already one. And then uh, the biggest key piece for me, um, and I think... Um, for the women who were selected was finding a great mentor for that woman to work with her for one, at least one year after the course. And, and uh, you know, the, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. We didn't want a single one of these people to be left behind after coming out of the course. We wanted them to hit the ground with a mentor, have somebody they could rely on, talk to. Um, and so the chapters and affiliates that are involved, the ones that uh, we selected women from have all uh, stepped up and just been really great in all of those aspects. So yeah, they're co-sponsors, co-supporters for sure. Fantastic. Well, you know, such a great program, Renee, and we're so excited to have been part of this and we hope we can send somebody back in uh, 22 for sure. But um, so Rebecca, can we just talk a little bit, um, I guess, about uh, your experience? So you mentioned you being, you considered yourself a new hunter, that you had been in the field before. Um, can you talk about your interest in hunting? Like, uh, I, th I think you're an adult onset hunter in the sense that, you know, you didn't grow up in the hunting space, but you've kind of come to it uh, recently. Can you talk about that experience for us and, and what that, uh, what that's been like um, before we even jump into the uh, the program itself, Women Hunt? Sure. Yeah. You know, um, I was introduced to hunting, uh, through my husband, uh, Colin and, um, my first kind of hunting experience, um, was black bear. And, um, it was, you know, I didn't have a hunting license. I was just tagging along and, um, you know, it was, it was a crazy adventure. There was big, you know, big black bears. We were camping in a wall tent and riding around on ATVs and, I've always had a love for the outdoors. Um, you know, I don't uh, come from a hunting background at all. My father was a farmer, so he did a lot of farming and, um, you know, a lot of shooting on farms and stuff. But um, that's kind of the the extent of, of my background there. So um, I really wasn't introduced to it until um, I met my husband. So. Cool. So then you, you were on that first black bear hunt. Did you, do you have a, a firearms license? Did you do the core NBC or, um, and have you been out in the, have you gone, had you gone hunting prior to the event? I, I, I believe you had, but I, I don't know the full details. So. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I do have my core now. I actually do not have my, um, pal yet because I'm able to hunt with somebody who does have their pal and their core. Um, but that is actually on my list of things to accomplish next. Um, I know that it wouldn't, um, be challenging or difficult to go. I just have need to book the course and do it. And so it's something I am going to do. Um, so, but the times that I have gone out with my husband, I have had my core and, um, you know, I'm just there to support him. I loved going outdoors and being outdoors. Um, and I've 
got to experience actually um, some really, really cool hunts. Like I went on a sheep hunt with him. I did a goat hunt. Um, so that's, that's pretty exciting to get to be there and see and support him on that journey. Definitely. Right on. So you've obviously got the experiences of uh, having done the core, you know, you've been out in the field, you know all about it. So obviously you knew everything when you showed up at FTW, you learned nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to Colin about it and I heard his experience and I didn't want to preempt this show by having dialogue with you. I wanted to be genuine, our, our dialogue here. So, um, Let's talk about the week. Um, tell me about, um, you know, the experience. You can start from when you showed up, you know, on the Friday, um, you know, what that was like, or sorry, the Thursday, I guess you guys showed up that night or, you know, talk us through the experience and and I'm going to get Renee to fill in some spots too, but I want to hear it from your words, uh, from your perspective, Rebecca. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, uh, like Renee mentioned, we, we met up for uh, dinner that night, all of us. And, you know, it was the first time that we all met and I have to be honest, like we, we kind of just like dove into these conversations, all of us and just started sharing our adventures and our personal life. And we just connected instantly. Like there, there was, it was like we had been friends for a really long time and there, there was no like weirdness or awkwardness. And so we, we did that Thursday night and got along you know, we went back to the hotel later on that night. We all had a really good sleep. Well, some of us did. Some of us couldn't because we were really excited. Um, and we got up the next morning. Uh, we had some vans that uh, Linda and Renee were going to be driving. Linda Demmer joined us. She's a very accomplished hunter and is part of the Women Hunt Committee. And uh, we got in the vans and we just drove. And um, I actually didn't you know, I didn't have a map, so I didn't really know what direction we were going, but we we're all really excited and we we're all like ready to get to the ranch. You know, we pulled up, um, we get out. There actually happened to be some film crew there and they're taking pictures of us and filming and we got to check in. Um, it was just so exciting, like to finally be at the ranch with these women and Renee and Linda and everybody involved. I mean, you could just feel the excitement everywhere. Um, and so we had some class introductions and then later on in the evening, we got to jump in their awesome Jeeps. They're like safari Jeeps and they took us around the ranch and showed us around and it was a beautiful, warm evening. And, um, you know, there was smiles from all the way up to our ears for everybody. Like we were just so ecstatic to be there. And then, uh, you know, we went we went to bed later on that evening and, again, really super excited to get up for day two, which we kind of went into um, rifle cleaning um, and then learning about the marksmanship of our rifle, like dialing in from zero to 100, um, things I have never learned in my life. Like, my husband takes care of my gun, so for me, this was really big for me, even though I, you know, I'm... I'm a new hunter. I wasn't new to hunting. It was the rifles were a big thing for me. And so that was really interesting to learn. Um, and then we got to go out and do some drills, some touring and drills. And, you know, that's, that's where your heart is, is pounding. Cause you're just like, wow, this, this incredible rifle. And, and then, Oh, now I got to shoot it. Like it was, it was very intense 
and very overwhelming, but in a really, really good way. And so we, sh- we were at the, uh, out on the field and at the drills for about three hours. Um, we came back and we did some more classroom work where we kind of talked about gear and what you need to go out on your first hunting trip and like general discussion that way. And, you know, I just want to say, basically, it's a very intense program. Um, you know, you're up early in the morning and you're to bed late at night. And I have to tell you, every morning I was super excited to get up and every night I didn't want to go to bed. Like I didn't want my days to end. And that's how, you know, how much fun and how much we learned. And it was amazing. And then, you know, so going on to day three, um, we did shop placement discussions. Um, We talked about hunting manners and etiquette, Um, you know, some more classroom work. Um, We talked about our range cards and kind of how the wind can affect your shot and your drills and, um, then we got right back out there and started uh, the drills and shooting again. And we we were in prone position, seating position, standing position. I mean, you name it, any position that you're going to probably be in when you're out hunting, right? It's not, you know, easy setup kind of target stuff. You got to learn how to really understand your rifle and hold it well. And so um, we did that. And then um, day three is when we went on our first evening hunt and it was really really exciting we we figured out who our guides were going to be we buddied up with uh you know we all had our own buddies that we would go hunt with and uh that was exciting and then day four uh we went we woke up in the morning and we had our hunt um again early morning up at five and we went out and it was just amazing. I mean, I, I, the sunsets, the guides, the terrain, the, the ranch was absolutely beautiful. And so we did that in the morning and then we came back and we had, um, cooking and wild game with Josh, uh, Schwenke. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Am I correct, Renee, when I say that? Great, yeah. oh, okay, good. Um, he was amazing. And so he talked about preparing game meat, like, you know, after you harvest your animal, how you prepare the meat and how you take care of it. And so that was really, really interesting. And then from there on day four, we went out and did some uh, game field trailing. So, you know, trailing where your animal could be lost or trying to figure out what direction they would go in kind of like, you know, that show Manhunt where you're checking out all the different areas your animal could go. And then later on that evening, we went out for another hunt so we got a total of four hunts the whole time we were there, two mornings and two evenings. Um, and then um, day five, uh, again, we woke up in the morning, went for another hunt, which was amazing. I mean, I, I could talk on and on about what went on in these periods where we hunted. Um, and then we went back to the classroom on day five and we did kind of like a North American model of wildlife conservation and uh, Gray led that class, which was amazing. And we watched um, a video that was done by um, Becky Humphreys on, um, on the seven principles. Um, again, we went from there right to the kitchen with Josh and learned how to do sausages and, you know, game meat. Some of the girls had uh, were able to be successful in their hunt. And so we had deer and we were able to use some of that deer mate to make the sausages. And Josh showed us how to do that. Uh, we did caping and deboning. Um, and then later on that evening, this is our graduation day, day five, 
we did a final shooting drill and whoa, was that, that was really, really intense. Like you're shooting from at 400 yards and you've got 10 seconds to dial in and shoot at 200. And then you've got another 10 seconds to dial in at 100. And there is like a lot going on. And the difference between, you know, day two as to day five is all of us women were super confident, like just easy breezy. We didn't always hit our targets, but there was, there was no, um, anticipation left. We, we knew how to use our finger on the trigger. We were calm, we were collected. And so that was really, really fun way to kind of end day five there. And then we had our um, graduation, which was really exciting too. So lots, lots happened. Very cool. So uh, with regards to the hunt itself, you guys were, were they white-tailed deer you're hunting or what were you hunting? Just out of curiosity. That's correct. White-tailed deer. Cool. And you guys, so there was a couple of successful um, harvests there that you guys, and then you actually legitimately had a, the deer and you, and they talked about skinning and caping and deboning and all that sort of stuff. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. There was, um, out of the 12 women, five of them um, were able to be successful. I was not successful. And uh, honestly, I was, I was okay with that. That was my experience was so amazing and so beautiful. And I was just really just happy for, for those other women for, for having that opportunity to, to be able to go through the process from beginning to end. So it was, it was pretty cool to watch. Okay. So this, I, I, this is kind of a bit of a drift, but um, you know, I remember my first animal being on my first hunt and, and watching it being harvested and the whole experience of that um for all these women is this the first time they've ever killed an animal or had some of them before or um what was the experience with that i'm just curious because um you know it's such a an emotional piece that you know taking an animal like that so you know you've got 12 first-time hunters they're out they're in the field they're experiencing this um you know what was that experience like were there tears shed or was it you know how did that what was that like i guess well, you know, Renee, I think you can answer that better because I, I, I think a couple of them were new, but some of them I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent. So, yeah, it was a mixed bag, and you know, when we, when we went through the, um, the criteria, when the committee was developing the criteria for the questions we developed, and we, and we worked with uh, Dr. Ryan Brock on the scoring rubric to level the assessment field. You know, we did give room in the scoring mechanism. Uh, there was point different points assessments depending on whether you had never ever hunted, whether you had hunted in the sense of uh, being an observational person on a hunt, or whether you had uh, harv- harvested maybe one or two or more animals. And there was a gradient in there. So, you know, there, there were a number of criteria we looked at, not just had you ever hunted. Though it was an important aspect, clearly, we wanted people who were less experienced. So um, in the 12 women, there was a range of experiences, but they were limited. Um, So we had a couple of women who were bird hunters, but not big game hunters. Um, You know, and for them, that was extremely significant to make a leap to a mammal was a huge, huge leap for them, right? You know, there were other women like Rebecca who had been out hunting as an observer, and then there were other women who had done none of it at all. Um, So it was a mixed bag, but but, uh, nevertheless, um, limited experience. Okay, very cool. So um, I'm curious, with FTW, was there any training? Do they 
do they talk? So that's one of the things like as a new hunter, and I think this is relevant now, you know, like I remember going out with my dad and the first animal we harvested or the first animal that I took, you know, there's that emotional experience of, uh, is that something that was talked about in the course at all or something they address or, or no, is that just sort of, you know, something we live with as hunters, you know, you go out and you have that experience of killing something and coming to terms with it. Rebecca, do you mind? No, go for it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's absolutely part of the discussions in the classrooms. And Rebecca can talk, I mean, of course, more of her firsthand feelings around that. But absolutely. And, you know, these instructors out there, they're retired Navy SEALs. They're as tough as you can get. Um, and they they were very vulnerable with this group. I, I've been to this uh, ranch before. Um, I will tell you that they were different with this group. They were far more vulnerable in what they shared. And I think um, speaking with the instructors during the course and since, uh, they really loved it. They loved the uh, what this particular group of women brought. And so, no, they talked about even their own um, uh, experiences with their emotions processing, um, you know, processing their emotions when they hunt. Uh, so it was definitely uh, something that was talked about before they even went out for their first hunt. Very cool. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's one thing that in my experience growing up, and maybe it was just my family, but, you know, as hunters, it's... Uh, we don't talk a lot about that that first experience, right? When you when you're a new hunter and you go out and you harvest something and and the emotional trauma. And it's interesting with my boys. I tried to you know coach them, and but I'm, my youngest son, he I think he kind of got turned off of hunting because you know maybe I didn't have a good discussion with him ahead of time. And that first experience of harvesting an animal, and then uh, he was just an observer, but uh, watching us process it, it was just too much for him, and he's just not interested whatsoever. He loves the experience. He loves being out there, but he, he does want anything to do with killing an animal for sure so uh, i think that's a really important piece of it is having that dialogue and that's really good to hear that you know that's part of the course and and the teaching and i think it's a really important part of the mentorship piece as well is is making sure we're passing along that information and mm -hmm. and dealing with the emotional aspect of it right yeah for me i i know that some of the hardest part of the hunt is knowing that I am going out there intentionally trying to take something's life. And even from grouse to grizzly bears that I've taken, I always pause after it's down and give a little silent thank you for it giving its life so that mine may continue. And my daughter is nine now and you've, you've met her Kyle and you, and you know that she is passionate about hunting and getting out there, but she feels the same way. She's like, dad, something died so we can eat. Right. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so she knows that connection there, and it's 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 a tough one to to come to come to grips with, and I can imagine what it'd be like for a bunch of new hunters coming together that don't really know each other well enough to to so much be vulnerable, but knowing that that's part of it, right? And you know, with this group of women, all uh, because you're talking about you know. Uh, 12 strangers coming together and, 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 and finding a way to be vulnerable with each other is pretty exceptional. And, um, you know, the, the, um, to your earlier question, Kyle, when at least what I observed when uh, there was a successful hunter, uh, the five women who were successful, the group was genuinely happy for every one of them. And I didn't see one instance of anything, uh, anything other than that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was present for two of the successful hunts and you, it was the full range of emotions that you would expect from any new hunter, uh, you know, from jitters to 
being stunned and kind of shocked that it just happened, you know, um, sadness, joy, like that entire range that we often experience. Very cool. Um, so Rebecca, for you with this experience, um, what kind of like, obviously you, there was a ton of firearms, um, training, you know, but the, the deboning, um, the caping, um, and just the classroom stuff, uh, what, what, what was the probably the most valuable tool you took away from all of that? Was it the firearm uh, comfort level or, you know, what stands out is probably the most, and I know there's, there's no, the list goes on and on, but what would stand out kind of as the big one for you? It, you know, it, it really does. The whole program was amazing. And, you know, I really had to think about kind of, you know, if there is something that stands out a little bit more um, it, for me, like we all came in with different um, ideas and, and, you know, different fears and stuff. But for me, it was shooting my rifle. I have never felt comfortable shooting a rifle and it's not that, you know, you know, Colin didn't try to help me learn. And it's, I just, the recoil of the gun, um, the fact that you could hurt something or someone like all of those things. And so for me, it was really important to me that I, um, build my confidence back up that I felt comfortable enough to handle a rifle on my own. I mean, that's a really big deal, especially from like a city girl, right? You know, I didn't grow up with guns and rifles and, you know, I, I, I hate to admit it, but it was very ignorant towards um, that kind of stuff. You know, I thought, Oh, guns kill people. You shouldn't use guns. And and that's just not true. It's, it's, it's about being confident. It's about um, having the knowledge to use um these rifles and guns and, and feeling, you know, confident and comfortable in, in your shot. And, and that's, you know, what it comes down to. And so for me, um, I was, I was able to get that within probably the first day of shooting. We spent three hours and then another three hours. And I'm telling you, we came back and we were like zombies in our face. Like we had paid and put our full heart and soul into learning and to shooting and to listening and, um, what I got out of that was more than I ever expected. I never wasn't really sure if I was going to feel comfortable or not. And I did. And so that was really big for me. Really, really big. Yeah, I can, I can vouch for that because you know, my buddy Don, right Kyle? And he, a couple of years ago, he, he'd done some range time and he, he chucked a lot of lead down range, but he wasn't, uh, I'm going to throw him under the bus here. He wasn't a confident shooter. He could. He could hit what he was aiming at most of the time, not under pressure, but he did uh, uh, a sniper course with Rob Furlong. And uh, if you know that name, he his claim to fame, he was in the Canadian military and he held the longest shot sniper kill in, in history for like two and a half miles or something. It's been beat now. So Rob put on this course and Don went to it and it's night and day watching Don now like he's he's got a bench rifle that I can take a range for him and he'll go up and bang and he's hitting it every time or he'll even he won't even use a range finder he'll just use something out there that he knows is roughly two feet by two feet and then he'll gauge it with his binoculars and go that looks like it's about that uh, uh, dial in his windage and he'll he'll miss it by a couple inches then he'll come up and over and he's bang on so it's it's crazy i totally get what you're talking about when it comes to being confident and actually knowing your rifle i, I didn't hear did we do we know what do, uh, what caliber were you guys shooting 
you guys remember? Rebecca was uh, Rebecca was uh, shooting six point five Creedmoor. Oh, okay. That's and uh, the left-handed shooters, the left-handed shooters were on two two five seven Weatherby. Oh, fast yeah. one. Yeah, uh, six five yeah. Creed. I've got one. I don't want to say that publicly, but I do. And <laughs> great round, great round. They are they're super forgiving. They don't hurt. And uh, like when you're when you're shooting them, like they, they don't have that scary recoil, but they're accurate. They're fast. Yeah. They're hard hitting. Kyle used to have one, didn't you? Uh, no, I didn't actually. Oh, you got the PRC then. So Rebecca, what's your rifle at home then? Where you should, what kind of caliber do you shoot? What is your own rifle? Oh dear, <laughs> the tough questions. <laughs> I think it's um, okay. I'm gonna try to sound smart when I say this, but it's it's a seven mm. Um, okay, is that right? I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm sorry. Very I forget true. sometimes yeah. because I, I don't take it out of the gun safe very often. Right. So, um, yeah, that's what I have right now. So now, uh, for you, Rebecca, with regards to the course and you think back and obviously, um, you know, there's so much to it, but is there anything that stands out as a highlight for you? Um, I, I think I know where you're going to go with this one, but I'd like to hear what really stands out for you for the weekend or for the week. You know, again, that's a really tough one. I just want to say I everything stands out for me, but, um, you know, like every morning and every minute was exciting. And um, I have to say, though, that our very first hunt was was like a big highlight for me. You know, um, we got to find out who our instructor or guide was going to be. We got to buddy up and it was just the anticipation of getting I love being outdoors. So for me, just getting out there and just being with nature and wildlife and just getting to see all of these beautiful species and, um, you know, being in a new, new place out in Texas. I mean, it was, it was gorgeous. And I just, I felt really blessed to, to get out there and go and, and, and be selected to come out to this ranch. I mean, they were amazing at the ranch. And so another highlight of that was because, also, I felt really confident on my rifle. I, I was ready. I, I was ready. Um, I had, I had, you know, wasn't thinking about anything other than the hunt and being confident and open to the situation. I also went into my hunt being very open that, you know, I might not be successful and that's okay. Like that is literally okay. There was, I put absolutely no pressure on myself because that was the experience I wanted um, and so, you know, I also actually had the opportunity to, um, hunt with Gray Thornton. He was able to come out on one of our, on one of our hunts. So that was, you know, pretty cool being around, you know, other accomplished hunters. So. Very cool. Um, so from your perspective, Renee, uh, you as the, uh, women hunt, uh, chair, uh, what, what's your perspective? Like such a great weekend. The feedback's been phenomenal. I've heard you talk about it. Um, but what stands out for you? What kind of is a highlight for you? What, what, what do you reckon for you is the big, I guess the biggest success in, in your mind with the, the week in Texas? Well, you know, um, let me just start by saying that, you know, I had, I had expectations that this was going to be a great experience, uh, uh, and a great event, but it, um, it just, it blew every expectation I had out of the water, cleanly out of the water. And, um, I, I could not believe, um, the instant connection between these women and then watching their development. I'd like to kind of multi answer this question. If you give me a couple of minutes, because 
Um, it was tremendous um, to see their connection right off the bat that first night. And then it just kept growing from there. And I, I had a lot of time over that five days, of course, uh, observing all of them and, um, and kind of trying to piece together how was it possible that 12 women who were all very different from one another um, their answers were different on their, on their, on their application questions. Their backgrounds were different. Their demographics were different. If you're talking about age and geography and all of it, these were all very different women. And yet here they were all drawn to the same possibilities. It was a, it's a still a fascinating question that I'm rolling around in my head. What drew them all to this? But I, I want to, I want to really compliment. I'd just like to take a second to compliment my committee for really having come up with very, very thoughtful and challenging questions and these women for the effort they put into their applications. And we had lots of great applications and narrowing it down to the 12 was tough. But I think that it actually speaks volumes. How we selected the women is really the reason why everything was as spectacular as it was. Um, you know, sometimes when we bring a group of strangers together, there can always be, be that sense of weirdness or somebody is not quite there with the rest or something. There was none of that. So I'd really like just to tip my hat to my committee for, for their efforts and making sure that our goal of picking 12 exceptional women, you know, happened. Um, and so for me, as I watched the course unroll, having, gone through the journey of an uh, adult onset hunter myself and all of its variations. It was a, such a joy, a tremendous joy for me to watch the progression of all these women. And uh, the biggest piece for me was, um, you know, my deep desire that the 12 of them would come out at the end of it, um, not just happy, but, you know, absolutely dedicated to this concept of um, be, being a hunter, uh, being a conservationist, understanding the relation between the two, um, you know, being ambassadors, quite frankly, um, not just ambassadors of the Wild Sheep Foundation and the Women Hunt Program, um, but ambassadors for all of our roles in the conservation of wild animals and wild places. And they they took that deep desire and they took it up like another notch because every single one of them is absolutely all in on giving back, which, you know, when we talk about the journey of a hunter, that usually doesn't come till quite a bit later. You know, you're, mm. you're, you want to do your own thing first for a while, but, you know, we challenge them a little bit and, and ask them to think about that early on. Um, and, uh, they came up in spades. So I, I'm, I'm not sure if that helps you out, Kyle, in answering your question, but really it's just, uh, that whole tremendous impact for me is the greatest thing that I saw. Wow. Yeah, for sure, Renee. And, and that's exactly what I'm looking for. And, and just, it's so exciting to hear, you know, that you, you had a vision for your program and then you bring it together and you execute on it and you see the outcome and to, to speak about it now um, in that regard, it, it's just uh, a testament to your, to the, to the program itself and what you're doing and, and this environment you're creating. And, you know, it's funny, I've had this dialogue with you. I think one of the first times I met you sheep show a few, a number of years ago, 
um, you know, we had this discussion about you and being a new hunter and trying to find your way and, and how challenging it was. Could you imagine if this program existed for you when you were starting out, right? It's, it, you know, so really exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And, and, uh, you know, big kudos to the FTW Ranch for diversifying their business model somewhat to introduce this course. And uh, also a big thanks to them for, you know, inviting me out back in February to observe it. And, and they listened to my feedback of where I saw a couple of areas that I personally would want to see tweaked, particularly for a group, group of new hunters, all brand new hunters and, and women. And, um, you know, Rebecca touched on it earlier that on the last day, we had a conversation on the North American model of wildlife conservation, you know, that was uh, slotted for an hour discussion. It had, we had this 25 minute long video with Becky delivering the model. And also she talked at length about the role that women played in early conservation at the turn of the eight, uh, 19th century and early um, 20th century. And, um, you know, we ended up uh, post post watching the video, you know, uh, Gray talked in a little bit more depth about the seven sisters or the seven pillars of the model. And then it was open for questions and discussion. And we blew that hour. We were at, we were pushing over two hours and um, the instructors were being super patient because um, unbelievably, they weren't even aware of the model. I can't believe that. And um, they were just fascinated to hear about it. And uh, there was great discussion, you know, and a whole range of topics something as benign as why do people say harvest instead of shoot or kill? You know, like, I know the, the questions were all over the place and it was a very valuable discussion. And, um, and so I'm grateful to the ranch for allowing us to tweak their course and, and, uh, and allowing us to uh, uh, specialize certain sections of it for what was important to the wild sheep foundation and this women hunt program. Yeah, very cool. So uh, on the conservation angle, I wanted to dive into that a little bit uh, anyway. So let's go there now. Um, so Rebecca, I've seen in one of your photos, you had a Shane Mahoney and Dr. Valerius Geis book, um, the North American Wildlife Model. Um, the, obviously, that was a gift. The, the foundation, that's Shane's new book that's out and Dr. Geist as well. Um, did you... Did you guys dive into that? I guess I'm guessing you haven't read it yet. Um, you got a copy of it. Is that something they gave you guys or how does that work? Correct. Yeah, it is something that we received. I haven't dived into it, but we did um, talk like Becky Humphreys did a video. Um, she's with the National Wild Turkey Federation and she talked at length about the seven principles of the North American model and, um, you know, the collective impact of these principles was to rescue and restore like imperiled species to the abundance of North America. And so we, we went through one to seven and we were able to like talk about it um, briefly, but, you know, of course not at length, like uh, Renee said, we, we really did dive into this classroom work and um, it was, it was pretty amazing to talk about. And I'm really excited to, you know, dive into that book as well, because it's, you know, it's, I really appreciate getting that as a gift because I'm not sure if I would have known where to go and get it on my own as a new hunter. And so to have somebody give that to me and offer it to me, you know, that's amazing. And I, I can't wait to dig in and, and, and read it and, um, you know, really start to understand all of this. Cause it's still very, very new to me, regardless of, you know, how many years I've watched, you know, Colin Hunt. Um, I, I get to do this on my own and make it my own, and and, and in any fashion that I that I want to do it. And so that's pretty exciting for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting. I'm so glad to know, know 
uh, Renee, that that was part of the program because that that model, uh, Shane's model, and I guess he doesn't take credit for it, but you know, him and Dr. Geist, you know, championed the the program itself. Um, you know, it's such an important talking piece for, especially for people outside our community, right? When you talk to the non-hunter and, um, uh, you know, like I, I know the four of us on here, we're all diehard conservationists. We believe in, in conservation. We believe in, uh, wildlife, um, and, you know, articulating, uh, that model to the non-hunter is so important. And anytime, you know, anyone ever kind of chastises, uh, you know, what hunters do or, or what we do in the field. All you need to do is start talking about that model and people shut up and they can't, there's not much they can say about it, right? Um, they can pick pieces apart, but if you use that model as a defense, there's nothing they can say, especially what we collectively have done as a hunting community. You know, it's a, you're absolutely right. And, you know, part of the reason why it was so critically important for me to have this as a part of our curriculum is because in the beginning, in my beginning, the beginning of my journey, I didn't know about this model. And I had a hard time articulating to non-hunters or people who struggled to understand why I was making these choices. And sometimes I really fumbled it. And, um, um, you know, whether I just didn't articulate it well, or sometimes I got a little angry or however I reacted to the conversations. And so, um, you know, when I became uh, more deeply involved with organizations like Wild Sheep Foundation um, and beyond, um, started to learn about there was an actual model that can explain why hunting supports wildlife conservation um it changed how i was able to have the discussions and um i think you know for me such an important part for these i wanted these 12 new hunters to be able to leave the course have something that they could refer to also have had the conversation in the classroom and at least be able to start that in a more articulate manner than i ever was at the beginning and um yeah, I, I just saw, I don't think we can put enough uh, emphasis on that for all of us. And, um, and I'm, and they just embraced it, which was awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So Renee, there's the video that Becky Humphreys uh, composed for you guys. Is that something that will be shared on the foundation's website or it, it'd be great to share that with listeners for other people that maybe want to share the same story. Is that out there or how does that work? Yeah, it sure will be. So if I'll take this minute to just say that the Women Hunt program has a presence now on social media separate from the Wild Sheep Foundation's platforms. And um, so you can find us on Facebook, Women Hunt Program. You can find us on Instagram um, at women underscore hunt. And then we have a YouTube channel as well now. And that, that video just got loaded. Um, and we're just going to be preparing a social post to launch that YouTube channel and, and start pointing people there. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, we, we anticipate using that video in different applications when, when the women hunt program is finally done developing its own web platform. I know we spoke about that the last time I was on, on the podcast. Um, you know, we will have it housed there as well as on YouTube. It'll be get, it'll get posted on our social platforms as well. Um, and also at the Sheep Show 2022 in Reno, uh, we're going to have our standard Saturday afternoon women hunt seminar. And this year it's going to look and feel very different than the last two iterations. Um, and I expect that we will have um, that video playing on a loop at some point um, that afternoon. 
Very cool. So that was one of the questions I had for you is, uh, you, you know, Rebecca, you mentioned that you got out of uh, the van and there was a film crew there. Um, obviously, you did a great job of um, documenting the week, uh, Renee. Um, are you guys telling a story about this? Is there videos coming out? How, what is that going to look like? What, what are we going to see as somebody that's looking in on the program? Yeah, so uh, great question. So yes, we, um, uh, we we worked with this film company, we asked them to do a few different things for us. So one, they, they, um, they captured the, the entire event, both um, video and f- photography for us. Um, they're going to be producing a film for us that will be premiered at the Sheep Show in 2022. Um, that is going to be a shorter duration film. You know what those banquets are like. You, you don't want to play anything for too long. You need to keep people's attention. Um, but you know, it's going to be edited in such a way to uh, tell the story and in, in the most uh, concise, uh, but compelling way possible. Um, I, uh, I, I anticipate that there might be a longer production that we're going to do um, that will be uh, give us the flexibility to put it up on the YouTube channel or otherwise where, where we can really more, more explore these 12 women in particular um, and their journeys um, as well. You know, that we are be, we, we've been using their content for social posts um, as, along with um, the content of the women who um, ha- were there and participating like Rebecca and they've been really active on social. Um, and so we're using it there. And um, uh, beyond that, I'm I, I'm not entirely sure, but we have the sky's the limit. We just have um, unbelievable quantity of content from uh, that film crew. So, fantastic! That's uh, that's awesome to have all that, and I can't wait to see more from from uh, Women Hunt and and all the great work you guys are doing. I'm really excited about that show for Sheep Show as well. Um, now, Rebecca, can you just touch a little bit for us? I guess one more piece of the weekend, I know this is a big part of it, is the camaraderie aspect. There was 12 women from all over that came together. Um, and you talked about the buddy system. Just talk about the camaraderie aspect of it. Um, and then I, I want to talk a little bit about kind of your next steps here for you as a hunter, what what you got planned for trips coming up. But let's touch in on that a little bit. Just, you know, who you were paired up with, what that was like, and kind of that aspect of it, the, the social aspect of it, I guess. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think I said this in the, in the beginning, it was really exciting to meet everybody. Um, you know, we, we instantly connected and I mean with everybody and, and I made sure like I wanted to make sure that I went around and talked to everybody right away. Right. I didn't want to, you know, sometimes you connect with people or, or you're just, you're just shy. Some people are shy. Some people aren't, but I really wanted to put myself out there and I really just wanted to go and talk to people right away. So we could just, um, you know, just connect. And so I felt like that we had been friends for a long time. I really did. And it was just this instant connection that Renee and the Women Hunt Committee gave us right away. And it was through the selection process and we just connected and it was really, really beautiful to see. And, you know, we, we dove into these conversations, we shared adventures, we talked about our personal lives, like things I would never tell anybody that I just met, right? But you know that what you're saying to them, that they're going to hold it close to their heart and you can entrust that, that that stays with them. And so I just super, super grateful for this opportunity. And um, I wanted I wanted to go into these experiences and these interactions with people um, I didn't want to have any preconceived notions. I, you know, I just, I just wanted to be open and present and just really be in that moment. I know that kind of sounds fluffy duffy, but it's what I wanted 
in my experience. And I wanted it to be as truthful as it was going to be. Um, and so, um, you know, the ladies were amazing. And um, can I, can I just quickly mention their names? Like I, I just, I just feel like I want them to be a part of this, even though they're not on the show. I know that kind of sounds um, silly, but you know, Laura oh, was great. Hunt- okay. Laura was my hunting buddy and she, we had so much fun together. She was a blast. And then there was uh, Stelaine, April, Brandy, Briella, Tiffany, Stacy, Rena, Danny, Catherine, Bree, and then myself, and then Linda Demmer. And so, you know, like Renee mentioned, we're talking people from all walks of life, um, different locations, different ages. You know, we were giggly and tearful and focused together. And um, I really feel that I have 14 uh, new women friends. And um, there is no doubt in my mind that we will be friends forever. And I just... I just don't know where you get that type of experience from ever in your life. And so for me, that was really touching and I try not to cry. So I'm going to like, just stop it there, but it was really beautiful. (laughs) Uh, That's very cool. And you just hear the passion in your voice, the enthusiasm, the excitement, which is amazing. And the cool thing is, is you're always going to have that touch point of sheep show, right? Like a lot of, you know, obviously all these women are going to be drawn to the foundation now and, and sheep show is ever present. So this is such a great opportunity. And then coupled with the fact that women hunt is going to keep them, keep you guys all connected as well. Right. So it's such a cool opportunity to not just have that experience, but to have that opportunity to continue to interact as you move forward as well. Yeah. And Kyle on the, on the topic of the connection, these women formed and um, now their connection to wild sheep foundation and sheep show um, we've invited all of them to come and uh, volunteer at sheep show 2022. Uh, You know, there's always a need for volunteers at the show and, um, and uh, I I don't know for sure the final number yet. There is one person who's not able to make it because she already had a, uh, a scuba diving trip to Belize booked and paid for. So she's not going to be there, but I believe the majority if not all 11 pretty close are going to be at sheep show, um, giving back a ton of their time, helping out in all the different capacities of running that show from membership to the store, to, you know, running auction slips and all sorts of things. And of course, uh, for me, um, helping out at the women hunt seminar on the Saturday. So, you know, people will get a chance to meet most of the women um, and uh, they're going to be demonstrating in real time, um, you know, the art of giving back. That is awesome. Such, such a great story, Renee. Just so cool. And um, so are we going to get a formal introduction at uh, the Women Hunt Seminar in 22 at Sheep Show or not necessarily? A formal introduction to the 12 women? Yeah, or the women exactly. Present? I'll put that down as, uh, you know, member requested introductions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> very cool yes i'm sure that we will have um something set up to so people can get to know them for sure cool so so now moving forward obviously we know they're going to come and support you uh, sh- support conservation at sheep uh, sheep week sheep show um but where 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 to now for for the women i guess and that's dual prong so renee uh from a organizational perspective or a, uh, a women hunt perspective where do the women go from here the, the 12 women and then renee uh, rebecca i want to talk to you about your next steps as a hunter and where you go from there so renee if you want to just touch on that what's next for these 12 women 
Sure. So, um, you know, their personal journey is going to be fascinating to follow and I'm so excited to see what happens. And so from an organizational perspective, right now we're, we're entering now into this post course zone of mentorship. So, um, uh, I have almost all the names of the mentors that have been assigned to the 12 women. And I'm starting to have conversations with each of those mentors individually about um, certain things that we're, you know, we want them to keep in mind through the mentorship period and also some expectations. They have to be available to take some couple calls over the course of the year from the committee to do a check in with them. So, you know, I'm just going to be handling those calls with the mentors. And then um, really from there, um, it's up to these women and where they choose to take their. Their journey into hunting and conservation and um, you know with these mentors that have been assigned to them who I will just tell you that um, the nine that I've heard from or spoken to are so excited um, you know so the mentors are really on board with this and uh, I think we're going to see great things. Fantastic so Rebecca let's talk about your journey now so you've you know uh, relatively new to hunting you've been out in the field you've got all this experience now um, here we are, October of 21, uh, prime hunting season in British Columbia. So where do you go from here? What is, uh, what is your journey look like? And maybe just maybe touch on your, your mentor as well. Um, and, and how that fits into the, the, the women hunt program. Right. So, um, my mentor will be Colin. He's, he's, you know, he's my husband and, um, since I've been back, I've touched, um, on a few things with him that i that I would like to accomplish and that I would like to commit my time to within the next year. And, you know, one of them is being able to pack all of my gear. I mean, I mean all of it from beginning to end um, and, you know, understand and research the regions that I'm going into in British Columbia, which we all know as hunters is extremely important. You need to know the regulations and everything that's going on. And so that's an obviously important to me. And, um, you know, I want to be able to have uh, the confidence, which I think I do to um, shoot, to shoot and to harvest my own animal and to skin and and gut the animal that those are very important to me. Um, And uh, we do uh, have a moose tag uh, coming up November 1st. and I've chatted with Colin and I've asked and he's agreed that if the opportunity presents, um, I would be the first shooter. And so that's, if you know my husband, that's really exciting that he's going to actually <laughs> give that to me because <laughs> sometimes he just pushes me out of the way. But, you know, um, in all in all seriousness, I'm super excited and grateful because, as we all know, um, these types of tags don't come easily. So this is really big for me and it has come at the perfect time um, right after this course where, you know, I have gained so much confidence and just had a life changing experience. And now I get to put it to the test. You know, now I get to go out and, and, and do that on my own. I know that a moose is, is a big, a big animal, but I'm, I'm ready and I'm, I'm willing and I'm, I'm extremely dedicated. So and well, that's, uh, yeah, that was my first big game exciting. animal. Was a moose, <laughs> so <laughs> it's intimidating. Yes, yeah, you walk up to it and you go, "Oh, damn! <laughs> what did I do?" 
well, for sure, Rebecca, that's amazing. And, and well, congratulations on that. That's really exciting that uh, you're going to be out in the field using all these skills that you've learned and have the opportunity to use them. And, and, and that's an important part of, you know, the hunting discussion, right, is who gets to pull the trigger first, right? It's always, and, and there's been many a hunting partner lost over that very question or a lack of understanding or communication on that very issue, right? So, um, yeah, I'm really excited. And, you know, I'd, I'd love for you to share that journey with us. And, you know, you're kind of our, you know, candidate or whatever for Women Hunt through the Wild Sheep Society of BC that uh, part of this initiative. So I'd love for you to share your story with us and we'd love to see that progression. And I know our, our listeners would too. Uh, I know that on our social media channel, when we shared your story, there was a lot of very encouraging words and a lot of people really excited for you and Women Hunt. So uh, we, I'd love for you to share that story. And um, through our social media story channel, we could share that some of that as well with, uh, of course, with Renee's permission and stuff. So. Okay, well, that's really exciting. I know I've taken a lot of you guys' time today. Um, so let's just kind of to wrap things up. Um, let's just touch base, Renee, what's um, on the list for you for Women Hunt? We talked about Sheep Show 22. Um, and anyone that's maybe interested in the program, uh, how do they get involved and, and when's the next intake? Are, are you doing FTW again in 22? What does that look like? Uh, just an overview for us. Yeah, there, we've got a lot of heavy, uh, heavy lifting coming up um, between, um, you know, making sure these mentorship uh, relationships are set up and established and running. Um, uh, we've made a commitment to stay in touch, uh, formally stay in touch on a quarterly basis with the 12 women, although they're welcome to reach out to us at any time. And we already have group chats and set up on every platform out there. But, um, um, you know, and then organizing Sheep Show uh, the work that we're doing on developing our web pr uh, platform and building ex uh, relationships with other organizations. You know, I'm going to be di diving into that heavily as well. Uh, yes. Yeah, so yes, for uh, we are going to be partnering with FTW Ranch again for 2022. Um, this just proved to be so unbelievably uh, successful that um, we seized the opportunity uh, they had some dates available for us in October and we took it. So uh, we're really looking forward to that. I do not have yet um, information on what mechanism we're going to use to screen what I'm sure is going to be an avalanche of applications. <laughs> um, and um, I don't have a, a date yet of when we're going to launch uh, that screening process, uh, but uh, we will uh, be communicating that on our social media platforms, as well as on our temporary presence on the on the Wild Sheep Foundation's website, which we're at the, the same the same site we've all been using through this process. So wildsheepfoundation/womenhunt.org um and uh but look for us mostly on social i think to find updates there and um you know we just um we're really really excited about uh the next go around and then you know more than that we want to find other ways that we can also engage even more uh people um beyond um um you know this particular limited group of 12 and so that's where the relationship building i was referencing earlier uh, earlier will really come in you know um working with other like-minded partners and um and having different um different types of activities available wow very exciting uh congratulations to you renee on a successful week at uh your your inaugural women hunt event and, uh, and Rebecca, just so thrilled for you that you were able to participate in this and thank you for representing Wild Sheep Society BC and, and just also just 
to to both you uh, women for the work that you guys do in the conservation community. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, you know, you guys are always stepping up and volunteering and giving your time. So, you know, it's really an honor to be associated with what you guys are doing here. And I think you guys are such great stewards for um, women hunt and just for conservation in general. So thank you both for all you do. Oh, thank, thank you very much. Thanks. Hey, can I just add something, by the way? Do you know who Absolutely. won this year's King of Two Miles competition in the States? No. It was a woman named uh, Lindsay Paul. She uh, She's the first queen of the King of Two Miles competition. Two oh. miles shot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. The criteria was um, you have to be able to make the sh two mile shot three consecutive times. And she was the only competitor capable of doing it this year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. So I just had to share that. Incredible. That was great. Yeah. Can yeah. I actually just share one last thing as well? Would that be okay? Um, Absolutely, Rebecca. And, and Renee, I think I speak on behalf of all 12 of us women um, that this program has created the confidence that we've all needed to move forward and to give back in the best way we can. And we thank you so much. I mean, the program was so impactful and it's changed our lives forever. And um, you and the committee, and thank you so much for your dedication and your time and your hard work um, to have other women look out for other women is, is um, you know, it's pretty special and beautiful. And so thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. And for the 12 of you who've all told me that your lives have uh, been changed, uh, so has mine by knowing all of you. So thank you. Thanks. Awesome, ladies. Thank you for your time and have a wonderful day. Thank you.